Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the word that you are bringing to us this evening. We receive that understanding that you have prepared for us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, now everybody, let's take it together. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 As you have declared, that is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say one more time, because you have spoken those words, those words will activate something good for you from the hand of the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Please greet somebody on your left and your right. Tell the person you are very wise. You are wise with the wisdom of God. You are wise with the wisdom of heaven. In Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, please, let's um, commence our school of prayer for today. In our school of prayer, what we are doing is learning how to pray. We are learning the kind of prayers to say that are pleasing to the Lord. It's not everything people say in prayers or in prayer that the Lord loves. Jesus said, if you come and your prayers are, my need, my need, my need, my need, you are disobeying what I've taught you. You say your prayers should be focused on the kingdom of God. Your prayers should be focused on his righteousness. Not on what you need. Not primarily on what you consider your personal problems. A few weeks ago, we began to look at what I've titled Watchman or Watchmen on the Walls of Jerusalem. And what we have been trying to emphasize is that the most important thing that God is doing is to promote the knowledge of Jesus. Every solution, all the solutions to the problems of mankind, every problem, the solution is in Christ Jesus. The most important organization or organism on the earth is the Church of Christ. Let's bear that in mind. We sometimes pray for a country like ours, but this is the word of the Lord. You can only pray prayers that will preserve the country for the salvation that will be revealed through the knowledge of Jesus. You cannot pray prayers that will in itself change the nation. Lazarus cannot be motivated to walk except you give him life. Life is what you need. And that life is in Christ Jesus. That life is in Christ Jesus. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. That is, you don't pray for light because light comes when life is found. Are you getting my point here? The life of Jesus is a light that men need. Many times we are praying for peace, we are praying for, we are praying for prosperity, we are praying for many things in our country or in any nation of this earth. We mistakenly focus on the nation itself. We focus on the problems. For example, we pray that what a country needs like this is good leadership. That's what you think. That's what you think. God says what you need is a life that is in Christ Jesus. You understand my point? Is it the life that is in Christ? That's what the nation needs. It is not good leadership. 
Good leadership is light. I don't know where I get my point. That's light. You understand? Uh-huh. The light is good. The light is good. But in him, in Jesus, is life. That life that is in Christ Jesus is a light. That is where light comes from. Are you getting my point? Things start working automatically. Now, people will start knowing what to do if they have the light of God. They will start understanding how to do things if the light of Christ is shining inside them. Now, the problem sometimes is that Christians don't believe their own Christianity. Did you hear what I said? That's the problem. Christians don't believe their own Christianity. They say they believe, but they really don't, in the depths of their heart, understand the importance of the light of Christ Jesus. They go to church, so they will gladly spend their money on other things than teach people the light of Jesus. For example, you start hearing them say that the problem with the church is that they pray too much. How can you say the church prays too much? When Jesus said, men ought always to pray. You can't pray too much until... I've, I've done, when I agree you are paying too much, is when I have not seen you eat in three days. You've not spoken to anybody. You have just been praying. Even then, it is not too much. The church does not pray too much. It's a matter of fact. We don't pray too much. Why people say that anyway is that they feel like the church focuses only on prayer and does not do other things. And for that reason, they start teaching the other things. Unfortunately, when they start, they are also making a mistake. They think those other things are the source of life. So they will say these are things that Muslims do and they get results. And once you say that, leave me out of it because that thing is not a matter of life. Are you getting my point here? So we are not looking for what Muslims do and get results. We are looking for the life that is in Christ Jesus. It's a matter of fact that life operates in different levels. There is a deep spiritual level. That is where you have blessings. That's where you have curses. Are you getting my point? If people are cursed, they can struggle. Don't ever forget this. Adam was going to eat bread. Do you understand my point? After he was cursed, was he going to have bread? No, answer me yes or no? Yes. But what is it? What's not the curse in it? It will now be from the sweat. So many people are learning toil because they've seen toil get results. So they are learning how to operate under a curse. Do you follow my point? You go and read the story. The curse that was placed, well, I don't know what they call it, blessing, but the word of Isaac to Esau told him a time will come, you will get tired, and you will shake bondage. And people can struggle out of being under a curse, but shortly again, they return to it. That's the way it works. Adam was going to eat bread, but now he will have to be fighting thorns, he'll be fighting thistles, he'll be fighting things that are fighting against him. Life is not cooperating with him, so he will die early. That's a matter of fact. He will die early. He will have problems. Listen to me. Many of the things we are pursuing in life, people were looking up to. I said once I was watching TV, the documentary about the life of Ted Turner. Ted Turner started CNN. The man was a billionaire. At a point in time, his wealth increased from 2 to $3 billion in a short period of time. So he donated a billion dollars in 100 million tranches to um, was it UNICEF to one of these UN agencies to tackle poverty, to tackle um, disease. And then I watched him speak on TV, and I laughed. He said, I doesn't want to go to heaven. <laughs> and he was making mockery of spiritual things. Yeah. He said, he doesn't want to go to heaven, because heaven is too perfect. That he wants to go to hell, where they will fix things up. Okay. Right. <laughs> there are things people will say, you just laugh at them, say, forget that thing. You're joking. 
much later, like I was telling you, I was watching this documentary. Now, this is I told you, I learned that one on, on the side of the I watched this documentary. As an old man, he had realized what life was. There was that is word that went over uh, to three billion that time, actually increased to like seven, or yeah, about seven or ten billion dollars, or even more. And then one day, it dropped in value back to one billion dollars. And he was speaking, he said, oh, I lost my money. Now, he said something. Now, one of his, that time, they said, Tetona was working, how many hours a day? I think it was 20, no, not 22 hours. Eh? 18 hours a day, thank you. Tetona was working 18 hours a day. That is, all that was remaining was six hours to eat, to drink, to socialize, and to sleep. Six hours a day. He was married three times or four. I'm not certain of a number of um, times now. And his wife testified that he was a good man. Why did you divorce him? He was not a husband. <laughs> you get my point. That he was just not there to marry you. <laughs> and so he got results. I said, I'm not impressed. It's called eating the bread of sorrows. The blessing of God makes rich and does not add sorrows. So let's get it clear. There is a blessing. So let's stop following people who are operating under a curse. Now, many of the things we are looking for in life, now let, let me go back to our, uh, what I was saying earlier about a nation like ours. It's not, what we need is not to pray for people to have enough sense to arrange the nation. No. When we pray that, those prayers, we don't understand the truth. What we need to pray for the country is just one prayer, that we have preservation for the salvation that's about to be revealed. Re- re- revealed yes. No, what we need is preservation. So we pray for our governments so that they will maintain peace. We pray that they will have the ability to keep, I mean, they use the wisdom of God to maintain things so that, that's just the purpose though, I can't find any other purpose, so that the people of God will spread the light, will spread the light of Christ in the whole nation. And I said something the other time, I should repeat it. If we understand this purpose, therefore, we will know how to use the time of peace. We will know how to use the time of prosperity. We will know how to. Do you follow? Because the danger is that when we are prospered a lot of times, we forget. Do you follow? We forget. We forget. When we have crisis in the Northeast, it becomes easy for us to start opening our mouth and talking nonsense like, cut the nation in two. Why are we saying things like that? Because we believe that we are in prosperity. We believe that we are in security. We believe that if you divide the nation, the country in the middle, all right, the top half can be overtaken by Islam. It makes no difference. The bottom half will be safe. Do you follow my point? So we start saying things like, cut it, cut it, cut it. One of the most ignorant things for Christians to ever say is very terrible. Christians must never utter those statements. And if you said them in the past, you need to repent. If you have not repented of it till now, are you getting my point? You are making it clear you don't believe in the gospel of Jesus. Because if you did, you wouldn't want that to happen. You understand my point? I'm going to, I'm going to be going to Sokoto in the next few weeks, all right? There's an apostolic summit there. I'll be preaching there for a number of days. I would have had the problem going. And you would, when I, you know, now if I go, you don't think anything of it. You just say, okay, I just get a flight. I just buy my ticket. You understand? I just go over there. And you don't think anything of it. But if they are divided it in two, that's the end of that. That becomes more problematic. If they have, they are, they are consulate finds out that I'm a Christian preacher, they probably will not give me a visa, you know. They restrict my ability to come into the country. Do you follow my point? And you bear those things in mind. If you understand that the gospel of Jesus, the primary thing that is happening, you will talk differently. You will speak differently. Like one of my colleagues in the office said, 
Said the problem is that most of the southerners, they've never gone anywhere. Said they have never been anywhere. He said if they have moved, they will stop. And this person talking came down from, I think, Kebi. He's a man from Anambra State who lived in Kebi, currently works in Enugu. He said, he said, oh God, forget these people. They've not been anywhere. He said if they have traveled, they will never open their mouths and make such statements. He said there are communities that exist today only because they are part of Nigeria. And they know they are neighbors that are surrounded by Muslim communities. They know they can't do anything about them. Why can't they do anything? Try it. Somebody will call the army. Try it. Somebody will come to call the police. The federal government will be forced to respond. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. Now, see, we're trying to explain something here. So you see, if we understand the main thing that God is doing, we'll pray and we'll speak differently. We'll not tell him to divide the country. Why should he divide the country? Like, you know the way we pray here. We are not yielding any square inch of this country to anybody apart from Jesus Christ. We so people say, cut it. What are they saying? Take it. No. Why should you take it? When Jesus says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, why should, you, why should I give it to you? Because you are making trouble. You will soon get tired of making trouble. Very soon, the destroyer will be destroyed. Are you getting my point? Yeah, that's a matter of fact. We won't give him with you. No, throwing the tantrum. Like, make all the noise. The earth is still the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We understand the purpose. I'm saying something here. But we see, when we don't understand, we think when we're in our so-called secure spaces, we will be preserved. The truth is that we will not be preserved. When we are too complacent, God will shake us up. When we don't understand, if he gives us peace, he says, look, listen, listen, this peace is supposed to be used to do what is right. It is not supposed to be used to build bigger houses, take more holidays, you know, start eating expensive ice cream. I want to get there. I will get there. You know, I want to get to these places. I will talk. I know people are listening to this everywhere. I will say what I want to say. If the money you are using to eat ice cream, you have not given 10 times that week as an offering. Your ice cream is too expensive. <laughs> and if you talk, to, turn to hot water in your mouth in Jesus' name. Don't bother saying amen. It's my, it's my own prophetic prayer. Christians will be living carelessly. And I told you one principle. In my house, my wife has modified it a bit now because the children are, they are growing older, so each person wants to take his own offering money. The principle behind it is this. The children, must, they were never taught to think offering is with change. Some people don't realize that they are spoiling children. They are going to church. They say they are children now. Their father has given offering money. Mother has given You now give the children 20, 20, 29. You are teaching them iniquity. Yes, let's call it speed is speed. So people will know what they are doing. You are teaching them to sin. They are learning that when you want to give to the gospel, you give from change. Because they've seen you go to the mall. After they've picked chocolate, picked this, picked that, picked bread. They, they are there. They are, children are the most observant creatures that the Lord made. Adults, they are busy here and there. They don't notice anything again. But children know. They are there. They are ringing it up. They are waiting so that they can tear their chocolate and start eating. They checked it. By the time the girl in shop right finishes telling you, bam, everything, 11,002. All right. You dip your hand in your pocket or you bring out your card. You are feeling like a G. You understand my point? <laughs> <laughs> you swipe. You pay the money. They carry all those things and they go. The ice cream, thank you. And then peradventure, you have the spirit to stop by in that expensive corner and buy each child ice cream for a thousand something. You know those tiny, tiny cups? Mm-hmm. Then on Sunday, now say, where's our offering money? Now hand them 100, 100 naira. In, in your mind, they are not the ones giving the offering. 
But you don't know you have taught them evil. Yes. If you say, oh, what, uh, what should I do? There's no problem. Let them join you. Pack, when you're packing your offering, which must be bigger than the one you gave at the mall. Let them be there. Let them see you. Otherwise, give them big notes. Give them 1,000 naira each. Let their brains be connected with the fact that big money is used to preach the gospel. Christian, something, you know, we take our prosperity, we don't know how to use it. If you understood that the gospel is important, you will forsake your ice cream. The main thing I was going to say, you teach children how to give. Let them know that we don't give to church with pocket change. Why? The work of God has to be done. And it is more important that we preach the gospel than we chop ice cream. If we know, look, if we can't buy ice cream, we buy ice water. Nobody to cool down. I'm telling you the truth. Now, what's the point I'm making? Please, get, get the point I'm trying to explain. The way I went to the other side is that people sometimes they misunderstand what this whole thing is about. It's about advancing the truth. And teach your children, listen. Uh, now, I will say more things. One day, one of my children came and said, how much is flight tickets to Lagos? So I said, what is the problem? What do you concern you? I said, you want to go to Lagos? He said, yes. I said, why are you asking me how much is a flight ticket? You should just say that I think this holiday, can we go and see Uncle Deji again? That's all the story of how much is flight ticket to Lagos. <laughs> <laughs> the one came and said, what about flight ticket to America? Now, why am I saying all of these things? Eh? Children, eh? if you buy them flight ticket to America, they know how much you paid. And they're not going anywhere important. What are they going to do? Don't be to go and look. When you're writing the check for 2.5 million to preach the gospel, let them also see it. Yes, it's holiday. You buy a ticket to go to America, 500,000, 600,000. For a child, 700. And then offering time, you give him 500 naira. You wonder why he'll grow up stingy to God. It's you. That's what I preach. I say, you know, you know me, I don't believe in all this gospel. Give so that God can prosper you. No, I don't believe it. All those, those, you have given, have you prospered? You are broker than when you first gave. Am I lying? He said, but I've had the Muslim who did not give me your office, too, was promoted. Forget that thing. The promotion has gone according to natural order. Nothing spectacular. <laughs> are you fooling me? Just want to give God glory is not begging for. Oh, this gift I can't get. You didn't get anything. You didn't get. If you got anything, God just showing you mercy. Say this girl will die if we don't give her anything. Just give her something to survive. And just you know, manna. Yeah, in the wilderness. Two Christian giving is not like that. It's a matter of what responsibility. Just make up your mind that listen, we have to be responsible. Like I said, just a digression. Teach children to be responsible towards the gospel. We are giving out change. Let it be in traffic. People are begging. Yeah, give beggars change. That's what they are there for. That's what they are there for. It's called crumbs that falls from the table. Yes, it's crumbs. That's what the, 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 the Lazarus are the rich man. That's what they wanted, crumbs. But we don't give the gospel crumbs. No, we don't. We make it clear. Now, why I went all of this is this. When God prospers us and gives us peace and prosperity, let's not forget the primary work that he's doing. Let us not try to protect the peace. Let's not sit down there trying to protect the prosperity. And say, cut the country in two because we think we are prospering. No, leave it open. 
and spend your money there. What Christians need to do and say for every church, Boko Haram burnt, we are replacing it with a concrete structure. Come and burn it, let's see. We need to do that. Instead of adding more, adding more tiles, adding AC, adding things to structures that are already too big. The reason why God gives us peace and prosperity is so that his gospel can advance. So when he ends Boko Haram, which he was surely, in fact, which is already ending, he is saying, my people, get up and go and fill the place with the knowledge of truth. Sell things. Some people will sell houses. Some will sell cars. Some will sell jewelry that they are not going wearing. I know they are jewelry that you know that God has marked. You either sell it or a thief will collect it. Say, sell it and go and go and fill the whole earth with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the seas. That's what you need to do. Who will be bragging on where they spend holiday? Like I said, you can spend a little anywhere. I don't care. Just make sure that your giving to the preaching of the gospel is ten times because there's a holiday in Calabar, Obudu, Abakliki, Enugu. Enugu is the most beautiful place to spend your holiday. Whether you live in Enugu or you don't live there, it's the most beautiful place to spend your holiday. Ask me, I know. Christmas, people say, are you traveling? I said, to where? I said, they say, ah, you're not traveling Christmas time. I said, why should you travel? That is when Enugu is Dubai. <laughs> no, you've been, you know what I'm saying. You know, the rules would shine like this. Where there used to be 20 cars, there used to be, be one. And then EDC will not give you, you see what they did near last time? New even people were begging. Swiss is still enough now. <laughs> Two weeks straight. Pow, the light didn't blink. He would not say, traversing, no, I'm not traveling. This is when the peace of God that passes all understanding <laughs> is in this city. I'm going away. The Lord is good. Can I sit on my message? But you get my point. Why does he give us peace and prosperity? It's so that the gospel can advance. That peace, that prosperity is temporary. It's to preserve for the salvation that will be revealed. That salvation is in Christ Jesus. So when he gives us peace, he says, use the peace to advance truth. Use that opportunity to advance the gospel. Don't open your mouth and say, cut the country because you feel secure. No. Peace is given you so you can strategize. Are you getting my point? Prosperity is given to you so you can spread his kingdom. That is what it's for. Oh, God. Let me get to my message. Now, let's open our Bible. So that's what we've been talking about. The fact that, that the word of Christ is the most important thing that God is doing. And through his church, he's building his church. Upon this rock, he said, I will build my church. That's what he's doing. He's building his church. We have established so that when we are praying, therefore, that's what we're teaching this series. Our prayers must be invested in the church. We should make it a matter of priority. You wake up in the morning, you pray for the church. During the day, you remember it, you pray for it. At night, before you go to sleep, you pray for the church of Christ. That is the prayer that has reward with it. That is what God is doing. He's advancing his truth. Are you getting my point? And he cannot do what he wants to do without our cooperation. And we cooperate with him with our prayers. 
we cooperate with him. What God wants to do, he reveals to us. Then we pray about those things. You understand what I'm saying here? Then that's what we are learning in this series. How to pray for the most important thing that God is doing on the earth. God has no plan of prosperity for Nigeria as a country or for Ghana or for Rwanda or for Burundi. The plan he has is for the salvation of the souls therein. Do you understand my point? The plan he has for those countries is the salvation of the souls therein. Whether it's for Nigeria or Ghana, what he's doing is planning for what? The salvation of the souls therein. So what about prosperity? It's two things about it. One, so that the preaching can happen. And two, that will also be used to continue to advance the truth. That's one. Then number two, prosperity comes as a result of light that people have received. Do you follow my point? You see a community in poverty. What they need is the knowledge of truth. That poverty is a sign of what they need. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. It is not that they need prosperity. They need the light of Jesus. That's the primary thing you are to offer. Even if you are going there with food, say, you guys, eat this food so you can hear clearly. You cannot develop people's stomachs and their intellect without, first of all, developing their spirits. So in our prayers, therefore, we must pray for the body of Christ. The Red Prince said, in any nation on this earth where the church is established, the church is held responsible for everything that occurs in that country. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. If our country is going to advance, God says, rearrange the church. Make sure the church is properly arranged. The light in the church will fill the nation. So how do we pray? Last time we looked at the fact that we must pray for what? Shepherds, after his heart. Who will feel, feed with what? Knowledge and with understanding. We read a number of scriptures. Psalm 45. Guard thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty. And in your majesty, ride down prosperously because of what? Truth. We talked about that. So we need to pray that God you release according to your word, which we read for Jeremiah chapter 3. Shepherds after your heart, who will feed us with knowledge and with understanding. Everybody who's there telling lies, we ask the Lord to shut him down. If they are there advancing their own agenda and not the agenda of God, our prayer is, Lord, this is how we pray for the church. You shut them down. You don't mention any names. Though. God knows how to locate who. You are not there to be judging anybody. You are just there to say, anywhere lies, the word of God is being twisted. Anywhere that the earth, because you see, God is jealous for his word. He's jealous for the people he's saving. We read last time from that second Peter, all right, in chapter, is it chapter two we read last time? Where did we read? We took time out to read it. In the last days, the problems will not be false prophets. They'll be giving their funny words of knowledge. Those are not the problems. All the false prophets that fill our cities, they are not the problem. The primary problem is the false teachers that are inside the churches. And the only way to solve that is to continue to pray. People who, uh, let's just flip that there, it's very important for us to understand it. You see that in 2 Peter chapter 2, because we took time out last time to read it, we will not spend so much time today. He said, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. The problem with false teachers, they are the most dangerous things to the body of Christ. If you read through that, you'll see what Peter said about them, what they will do. He said they will 
cleverly teach destructive heresies. Cleverly. They won't overtly come out to say they want to lie. They subtly introduce it. They will teach you about righteousness, which is by faith, which is the word of God. Very true. Then they will tell you for that reason, no matter what you do, you are safe. As a clever heresy. Peter said it himself. He said these people, they have, there's, there's something they do. They entice those who are just coming out. They said, listen, let me, let me read that scripture again. They brag about themselves with empty foolish boasting. That's verse 18. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires. They lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. If you read verse 20, And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then they get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. That tells me that they are not still saved. Because if they were still saved, how can they be worse off than before when they were unsaved entirely? That is a problem with the church. People teaching heresies cleverly. If you see what he said earlier there, they focus on money. You see them all the time. They have 10 different methods to preach the gospel that will collect money from your pocket. They will tell you, give an offering to be delivered from sin. Give an offering to be forgiven of the one you have committed. Give an offering for breakthrough. Give an offering so that you will know what your destiny is saying. You want, <laughs> somebody asked me on radio. Was it on radio? Yes, it was on radio on Sunday. He said that, is it right to sow a seed when you want to collect something from, receive something from God? It's already, we don't have time to go into details. So I just said simply, it is unnecessary. It's unnecessary. If the name of Jesus is not powerful enough to do what you want, what else will do it for you? That's what I'm saying. So maybe you need to persuade God, then he doesn't want to give it to you. If he gives it to you, you will not be blessed by it. If you cannot go to him directly and ask him the name of Jesus, and have the confidence that he will, he will be willing to give it to you, then the thing is not good enough for you. If you need your seed to provoke him to give it, it's not your portion. You are beginning to add to the revelation in Christ Jesus. Better keep away from it. That thing will come to you to not bless you. That was the answer I gave on radio. I said, it's not necessary. Once I was in a place, a man, they said, my the person I went with, one of our sisters, she said, oh, this man, yeah, the anointing is to receive offerings. You know, she started laughing when I answered. Well, there, my wife and I, and this is our sister. So say that this church likes the way they do this guy. His specialty is to receive offerings. Do you know what? I believe in that. I believe in No. Everybody has a grace. But I say if that's his grace, I, you know what I told my sister? I said, why is he lying? I said, why is he telling lies? If I, my sister started laughing. I said, tell him to come down from there. This is not an anointing. Yeah. If you have to tell lies, it's not an anointing. This is an anointing. Maybe I get up and say, brethren, we need to have... Five million naira to get something done. Please, those who can, give, give it to us. And then, at the end of the day, I say, Israel, how many people have come? Say 500,000. That's all we have collected. The next meeting, I now call uh, Steve. And then he says the same thing. And he says, please, we have work to do. Brethren, please give. And he says that, and he goes down. And I say, Israel. So the brethren respond, say, yes. How much did he say? 6.5 million. Then he's anointed. Then he's anointed. But if he comes and starts saying to the people, hmm, hallelujah, 
God revealed to me that as this building is being built, your lives will be built. And the people with the highest amount of building in their lives will be those who contributed more to this building of the building. <laughs> if he talks like that, he's not anointed. He's lying. God didn't say anything like that to him. If you are really anointed, you just say the truth. And grace will ride upon your words and activate the hearts of the people. That is anointing. The truth works. Always because the truth works. Christians are good people. The Spirit of God working in them, they are good people. They don't need to be lied to. They will give their necks for the Lord Jesus. How much more their money to advance his gospel or to help the needy. So, when we are praying for the body of Christ, last time we said it, we must learn to pray for truth to advance. We must specifically ask that he will flood his body with the knowledge of truth. It's important. He said, the light of the body is what? The eyes. He said, if your light that is in you is now darkness. He said, how great is that darkness? Let's look at a nation like this, or Africa as a continent, or the black race as a people. The light of the race, the light of the continent, the light of the country is the church. So God is saying to the nation, God is saying to the race, God is saying to the people, if the light in you is darkness, oh boy, oh girl, things are bad for your continent. Things are rough for your country. What was he saying therefore? That in the way by which I pour light into the continent is through my body that is in there. So we members of his body, we should be, that is the passion in our hearts should be that light should flood the church. So that the light of the continent is not darkness. Are you getting my point? It doesn't become dark. It must be important to us that truth is propagated. Please, let's bear that in mind. So when you are praying, don't forget. Ask God. Send truth right down because of truth. Lord, get up and defend truth. Lord, strike down lies in the name of Jesus. Every altar, every place where lies are being generated and pushed out as doctrines to the body of Christ, I ask you, in the name of Jesus, close that place down. You need to say that prayer regularly. You should be grieved. We laugh a lot of times. Sometimes we should be crying. Even me, I'm guilty of laughing. Sometimes we should be crying. We lie a lot. We that mount the pulpit. We lie a lot. And why do we lie? lie? Peter said it is because we want to take hold of people's cash. When you sit, you know, I've heard all kinds of things. Once I was in the church, I was telling a story. I told my wife he's telling lies. I said, how do you know? Tell this story. Cannot be true. Otherwise, it's not the same God that I'm serving that He's serving. Otherwise, this Bible, it can't be the same one He's reading. It can't be the same Jesus. I said, that's not the character of my God. It was an interesting story. You've heard stories like that all the time. Say, so man gave, built a church. And then his son died. And he told God, after I built a church, you killed my son. You can't eat him. And the boy woke up. <laughs> I told my wife, it's a lie. I said to my wife, the story is not well told. One day somebody said that the bug would a place. And the man was say, I've paid my tithe, I've paid my tithe, I've paid my tithe. God, you will recover my good for me. And they recovered his good. I told my wife, it's a lie. When I heard the truth later, I said, baby, she I told you. 
it could not have worked the way this man telling the story said it. I know the way God behaves. You don't go to him and raise your shoulder. Say, so after I said to you, mafia done, what happened to all the boys? <laughs> According to one American film I watched, he said, promise me peace of mind. I don't feel peaceful. I don't feel peaceful. <laughs> because he, had, he and the mafia guy, they had agreed. You give us your cocaine at this rate, I guarantee you peace of mind. The guy said, I guarantee you peace of mind. You don't need to worry about it. I guarantee you peace of mind. So that guy gave them cocaine at a better rate than they said. Then one day, he came out and boy sprayed his car with bullets. But good enough. He suspected on time, so he went for cover. So he was only just a little bit hot. And his wife was with him, so he was so angry. So he called the big Don. So you promised me peace of mind. I don't feel peaceful. <laughs> you can do that with mafia dons, not with God. You go to the Lord, say, Lord, you promised me prosperity after I give you a cut. Where's the money? Didn't you, your account not working? Didn't you calculate my tithe, my first fruits? You try that with God? That's your last fruit. <laughs> you hear what I said? You've just eaten your last fruit. <laughs> but you hear that kind of, that we laugh a lot of times, but really, it's not funny. That's why we have a bad reputation. So when we see things like that, what we need to do is say, God, you need to end this. Say, Lord, write down prosperity because of truth. Listen, people of God, that is salvation for Nigeria. It is not about you pray for the nation to prosper. No, better pray for that the church will tell the truth. Not that you pray for the church and you pray for the country, do you know, to have peace. No, when you pray that prayer for peace, say, Lord, so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness before you, God, who desire that all men will be saved. That is, so we can carry out what you desire. That's why I said the things I said earlier. Let's not think that God is so concerned about which kind of holidays we take. No, he's concerned about the advancement of his strength. When he gives you money, that's what they call the receipt that give it. When he gives you extra, it's so that you can be a giver in promoting the gospel of God. Now, if we don't do this, he will remove the peace, he will remove the prosperity. When I start rebuking the devil, listen to me, people of God, it is not the devil. We give that little guy more credit than he deserves. People say to me, God does not kill. I said, which Bible did you read? He said, I kill and I make alive. They say, he only allows. I said, in that case, I allow to die, I allow to live. He has no credit, too, for the blessing. So God, so somebody said, I don't want my father being, being accused of things that the devil did. I said, what have they accused your father of that he has not done? The devil is the one that kills. I said, yes, like killed everybody during Noah's flood. It was the devil. Who killed everybody during Noah's flood? Ah, this guy, I don't know the Bible. Is it God or the devil? An assistant God. Creator of heaven and the earth. The father of our Lord Jesus. You are accusing him of killing people. Who wiped out the Amalekites? The Hittites? The Perizzites? The Jebusites? The Amorites? And all the ites that he was angry with? The same God. Jesus said, one that woman, Jezebel. I am going to put her 
on a bed of affliction, and I will strike her children dead. That was Jesus speaking. Nobody lie. When we have misused his resources, and he has taken our peace away, we say it's the devil. No, it's not the devil. Many times he's the one just saying that, why did I give you the prosperity? Why did I give you the peace when you won't do what I want you to do? And I start saying the devil. No. I told you to do something, you're not doing it. I'm not angry, in quotes now. I've just realized you're not a profitable servant. You're unprofitable. So I'm taking what is mine, I'm removing it from your hands, and may give it to one that can bear tenfold fruit. You have taken my talent, and you have not, in fact, you didn't even bury it, you ate it. You know, there are some that are buried that they didn't do anything. You, you work out. <laughs> the Lord is good. So, brethren, we are talking about praying for the body of Christ. Let's never forget it. We must pray. These are the things we pray for. All right, so what else do we pray about for the body of Christ? So, I went through the scriptures and I was thinking about it. Let's just read John chapter 17. We'll keep teaching. My plan is to read the whole chapter, so, but because of time, I may have to jump here and there so we can save time. Now, why we are reading this is because we saw, or we will see here, how the Lord Jesus prayed for his body. Let's just read from verse, um, it's long, from verse 1. Jesus spoke these things. And lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that he may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now, please, um, so as to save time, I will just jump to something. We may read this one again next time. It said, verse 9, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world. It will strike you that Jesus did not pray for the world at any point in time. At any point in time, he did not. That's why I say a lot of our prayers have been misguided. He said, I do not ask on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have glorified, I have been glorified in them. Now, what did he ask for them? That's what I want, I want us to see. He said, I'm no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. That's the prayer point. God, keep them in your name. The name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Notice that. It was important to the Lord Jesus that they are what? One. Say, so while I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I gathered them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture will be fulfilled. And he said to asking for them again. I just want to jump, please, so I'll save time. Verse 15. He said, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Please notice that. He said, but to keep them out of the power of the evil one. That prayer is very important. 
or literally to keep them out of the power of evil. Please bear that in mind. You see, that prayer is important. They are not of the world, even as, as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Now let me just stop reading here. Like I said, I, I just picked a few verses because I want to save time. I've established, and I believe I've been able to show you from scriptures, that we have a duty to pray for the body of Christ. We can't just sit down and be commenting. We have a duty to pray for the body of Christ. Things are going wrong. It's not to sit down and talk. It is to make those things into prayers. Now, Jesus here was teaching us, of course, we already talked about the importance of truth, and even here, the Lord Jesus mentioned it, that sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. It was saying, like Paul, one of the things we learned those days is that Kenneth Hagin told us to, that he learned from Paul how to pray for the people of God and, of course, for himself. But if you see, Paul was praying for the churches. He would write to his church, and there's one we declare all the time. Uh, when we start praying here, I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding and all of that. That is taken from Colossians chapter 1. He prayed a similar prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 for the body of Christ. You understand? That God will give to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened. So you see, Jesus was emphasizing the same thing here. That truth is important. So he said God should sanctify them through his truth. He was asking that the Lord will feed them with truth. I've been talking about that. But another thing he emphasized here is that he said that keep them in your name that they may be one, and even as you and I are one. Verse 22. He said, The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them even as you have loved me. You will see here again that Jesus was emphasizing that issue of unity in the body of Christ. Very important for us to understand that one of the things we pray about for the body of Christ are the very things that Jesus prayed about. We were talking about truth, but he also talked about unity. It's a prayer point. It is a prayer point. Now let me say something before I go on about this. When you start praying these prayers, pray for people that you know and mention their names, especially the ones you love. If I have been a blessing to you, please pray for me. Do you know why? I'll tell you what I'm trying to say. There was a time Jeremiah came and he was prophesying what God will do. And a man dropped dead. He didn't mention his name. Is this uh, Pelatia, son of somebody something? He just fell down dead in front of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah did not mention the fellow's name. Let me see whether I can quickly find the reference. No, it's Ezekiel, not Jeremiah, sorry. Sorry, it's not uh, Jeremiah, it's Ezekiel. If you see Ezekiel chapter 11... Verse 5, Then the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me, and he said to me, Say, Thus says the Lord, So you think, house of Israel, for I know your thoughts. Now he said a lot of things. Okay? Verse 7, Therefore thus says the Lord, the Lord God, Your slain whom you have laid in the midst of the city I am the, are the flesh, and this city is the pot, and I will bring you out of it. He said a lot of things. Now, verse 13, He said, Now it came about, as I prophesied, that Pelatia, the son of Beniah, died. 
I don't know whether you notice what I'm trying to say. For time's sake, I didn't read. You can read from verse 5 down to, I, I'm just reading 11, uh, 13 now. He said, Pelatia died. And then Jeremiah was surprised. How do I know? Look at the next line. Then I fell on my face and cried out with a loud voice and said, Alas, Lord God, will you bring the remnant of Israel to a complete end? Now, what does that tell you? The fellow was surprised that somebody fell down and died. The day I read this, it struck me. He didn't mention the man's name. Do you follow my point? You can start praying certain prayers. Can you complete the rest of it? And people will actually fall down and die. Literally. And you, that's why I tell Christians, all this fall down and die is, in, is an unnecessary prayer. Leave it. God knows who to kill when he needs to kill. And that is why you as a believer too, when you want to start praying some prayers, purge your ways, lest you be injured by your own prayers. It is very, very crucial. Why am I saying this? You see, you start praying things like, Lord, advance truth, end lies. <laughs> Normally, it's people that tell the truth to, and it's people that tell lies. <laughs> I don't know whether you got that. It's human beings. And if they don't stop the, telling the lies, one of the ways that God ends lies is the Pelatia method. I don't know whether you're getting the point I'm making. Yes, sir. No, I don't want to drop that. It's very crucial you understand it. That is why if you see a man who is lying all the time, by virtue of the understanding that God has given you, you know what John said? If you see a, a, a brother committing a sin that's not done to death, he said you ask for him, ask life for him. I assume that's not a sin unto death, I assume. You're getting my point? You pray for the fellow, you pray for revelation, you pray for mercy, you pray for God's deliverance. It does not mean God will keep the fellow alive while he continues to tell his lies. It just means that God will find another method because of you to stop the lie telling. You are getting the principle I'm going to explain here. It's so important you get this. You are praying and say, God. Now what I want to say here. Our prayers don't always have the kind of result, the effect we think. You can finish praying this prayer. God, let there be unity, unity, unity. And then you wake up next day. You know what happens? Churches will start scattering. You will see one church broke into three pieces. I said, Lord, wait. I said, everybody come back. We have a prayer meeting. Emergency council will go tomorrow. We need to discuss. We're asking for unity. Before we started the unity, we had 21,000 denominations. After praying the prayer for unity, now we have 48,000. It's going to be confusing. It's important that Christians understand it. You start seeing church, ministries will just break up to pieces. But you prayed for unity. And God said, that is how it works. I start looking for those who want to unite. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yes, sir. You won't say because you pray for unity, I will unite wheat with tears. No. It is because wheat and tears were mixed up before in all kinds of places. Then you began to pray for unity. It is time for me to break the walls that kept them in one place so that I can fish out my wheat and put them together. And that's why you have to pray for people. If you're there are many names we use for head of churches. General uh, overseer, archbishop, general superintendent, who else? Shepherd of the flock, uh-huh. that's a new name. No, there are titles you don't take. You avoid some titles, king of kings, lord of lords, you know, the most high, all those kind of things. Only begotten son, high priest, high priest, high priest. <laughs> 
He knows why I'm stoning him. Because one of his senior brothers is the high priest. <laughs> high priest, no. We are all priests, but that high side. Did that one for you. Don't compete the Lord Jesus. Don't, don't. Now, so, whoever is heading your denomination, if he decides that he will not allow his own walls to be broken down, that's an affront on what God is doing. And God will break him so he can break his walls. That's not a joke. See, when you are praying for the body of Christ, all right, you're activating a lot of dangerous things, which you have to. You can't say, look, just make sure you yourself, you are careful with yourself, and you pray for people you know. Because if the body of Christ moves into this dimension of praying, serious things will happen. Let's call a spade a spade. A man will just wake up one day and just fall down and die. And literally, and I'm serious. And the church will break down to pieces. I'm serious. That's what I'm saying. One of those who built walls around denominations. Jesus is coming for those walls. He's coming for the walls. He's coming for the walls. He said, look at what he said. Because this is his testimony. The major hindrance to the advancement of the gospel. We've talked about the lies that we tell. But you see, one thing he also said. Okay, my Bible has left that. Let me just flip over there. That John chapter 17 we're reading. You see what the Lord Jesus said. Verse 22. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity. So, now, what's the next line? No, read it loud. What's the next line? So that the world will know that Jesus was sent by the Father to this earth. How will they know? He said if the church is what? In unity. What does that mean? The one major reason the world is not able to accept Jesus as their savior is that the church is in division. Yes, that is it. That is a major reason. That is a major reason. That is a major, major reason. You know, Boko Haram is a bad thing, right? And I've been giving you the testimony of my, of my friend, Pastor Courage, in Sokoto, you know. He said one of the things that Boko Haram did for them. <laughs> One of the things he did for them was when they started hearing boza, boza, here and there. So for the first time ever that he knew, he called all the PFM pastors in town to come and pray. And they all came. <laughs> I don't know what that you get. All. Look, all this one that we are not, we don't agree with each other. Your trousers is long, man, is short, we wear skirt, all those kind of things. Eh? It's because they never begin bomb around you. <laughs> When a few bomb blasts went off, he called everybody. They came, he was chairman. He said, look, guys. They came to say, what do we do? They said, let's get bomb detector, police. Let's see police. He looked at them. He said, we are Christians. We are ministers of the gospel. We need to pray. They began to gather on a weekly basis. Till today that me and you are talking. They still gather on a weekly basis. All the enmity <laughs> kept to one side. Because everybody realized that, oh boy. And you know what? God answered them. In, when I was hearing the testimonies, I was humbled. God answered them. God answered them. I've said it to us here many times. Many, many of the things you think are the problems of Nigeria, they are not our problem. I'm the headsman. Do you understand? I hope you know they are not the problem. Oh, they are not a problem. Not even the problem. They are not a problem. They are not a problem. They are not at all a problem. Islam is not a problem. 
I've said this forever. I'm saying it to you tomorrow. They have never been a problem. A few years ago, I came in contact with David Paulson's messages and I began to listen. I want to listen some of the things he said. I said, I said it before. This Islam has never... Listen, let me tell you, you know one of the things David Paulson said? That one of the reasons Islam made, head, you know, made a headway in England, in UK, is because the, 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 the British people could not... That is, they, when they are looking for truth, hmm, they couldn't find it in the church. That the only people that seemed to have direction were the Muslims. Yes. So they found a lot of people converting. See, there was a church, I don't know why it's in the UK or in the US, that the whole church, the whole church turned to Islam in one day. The reason is what you ask. So they said at least these people seem to have direction. Let me give you an example. You've never heard it discussed amongst Muslims. Whether they should perform homosexual marriage or not. Have you ever heard that discussion? No, sir. There are discussions you have not had with them. You can call them names, fine. You know the truth, you know, that's your problem. But there are things that nobody tries them with. There's a many people just decided that look, at least they are principled. You can get in and find another different story. But watching from outside, they said, these white people looked and said, when people are looking for direction, they want to follow a man that seems to know where he's going. If you are looking for direction, you see a man looking to the left and the right. Will you ask him for direction? You will pass the guy. <laughs> because he's looking just as confused as you. They come to a church that's discussing whether they can divorce or not divorce, whether they can marry man, men can marry men or not marry men, whether homosexual men can be ordained to the clergy, that the people looking for truth got tired. And the Lord didn't follow Islam. One of my colleagues said the other day we were speaking. He said he doesn't know why Islam, Islamic people are bombing. He said there's no need. He said they just need to be patient. That as we're taking over Europe, it is guaranteed. That they just need patience. I was at Newe here talking to him. He said, he said, why are they going through all of this? That you are giving yourself a bad name. That just be patient. Two generations, you've collected the whole continent. He said, because the Christians, they don't look like they have direction. I keep on saying, when people say that forward Islamic agenda, you have never heard me discuss it. Apart from rebuke people. I don't believe a word of it. People say Islamic agenda, I say, what is your own agenda? Everybody is entitled to his own agenda. Why are we lying if we don't feel threatened about the Islamic agenda? We also are supposed to have an agenda. And we have our own methods for our own agenda. Different from their own. So the question is, the Christians are gathering. What is their agenda? They have no agenda apart from keep themselves safe in what they believe is their security. Our own agenda. Ah. And I keep on talking about my friend because he's the person I know missing in the north. If he sees his own agenda... When they were driving by, he showed me, said, this is the area that Sokoto is expanding into, that he's believing God for land inside there. They just plant a church inside that place. When the bomb, 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 bomb finished, when the bombing went down, you know what he did? He packed his bag, and we still spoke today. He's speaking from a degree. Oh, that's where he is now. You know, I didn't think much about it when they went for our last convention. And I was talking with this wife, we were just talking. Ah, you know, we're just joking. Ah, how are you coping? You know, it, all the while, it had not struck me. 
that this is this woman's husband we are talking about. And he has left her in Sokoto. Her two grown children are in university now. So every day at home, the three men in her life are not at home. So she said, I'm just praying God to, to find somebody to stay in that place so that he can come back home. I didn't see anything, but that was when it dawned on me. There's a husband we are talking about. That this man is somebody's husband, and she's at home alone every day. I just spoke to him today. I don't know what you're talking You get my point? Yes. To be talking Islamic agenda. The question you ask is, what is your own agenda? What is your agenda for promoting the gospel? Islamic agenda will always succeed. Listen to me. Listen to this. It will always succeed when there is no Christian agenda going ahead of it. It will always succeed when there is no active Christian agenda. Active Christian agenda moving ahead of it. Christians like to react. We react politically. Write to your senator. They want to say that Islamic bank. They want Islamic bank. I said, if I'm the CBN governor, I will give them Islamic bank. You come ask for a Christian bank. You start looking like a troublemaker when somebody wants something for himself. And you ask you as you are always rising and saying, no, you are doing, I don't agree, I don't go agree, I don't go agree. You ha- get up one day now, do a Christian national cooperative bank, whether they won't give you a license. No agenda. You're angry with those that have their agenda. Back to my point. Listen to me, people of God. Islam has never been the problem of the church. It can't be. Our God is too powerful. Islam cannot be. Jesus is too powerful. Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna, all of them, they bow in his presence. Do you get my point? Then nothing can be a problem. I told you last time I was reading it. That Peter said, I'm writing these things to you because I just realized that I'm soon going to be laying down this my body. Why how do I know? He said, because Jesus revealed it to me. Paul wrote the same thing to Timothy. I'm about to be offered up. And both of these people died as a result of persecution. Yet in both circumstances, we saw that their Lord Jesus told them ahead, it's time to come. What does that tell you? That means that Peter did not die because of the persecution of Rome. Neither did Paul die because of the persecution of Rome. They died when their time was over and their Lord said, come home. So no Christian dies by accident. If he's following the will of God, Islam is not a problem. We are the problem. Every, I, I make bold to say, everywhere that those people have made, made head road, destroying, killing, and you know, scattering everything, everything there, I can say confidently, the church was divided. They were divided. They were divided. Listen. That's our prayer point. I told you, look, this food you are looking for, your New Year resolution, say, God, this year I won't, I won't pray for food. Say, what if I'm hungry? I will give thanks and swallow the air. If all I have is Gary, I will give thanks and soak it with gladness of heart. But I won't make all these material things my prayer point. I want to be one that will take up the cause of Christ and make that my prayer point. Day and night. That's why I said what I said earlier. Listen. You start praying this, your own church will scatter. And it will be an answer to prayer. Some of you are not every church. It will scatter. You'll be wondering what's going on. God say, wait, wait, wait. Well, you know that I pray, that, pray that I should ride up prosperously because of truth? When these guys will not let truth move, truth scatters people. 
That's why Jesus said, don't think I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. But at the same time, John was said to come and reconcile the heart of the father back to the son. So are they, are they, are they in conflict? No. What he was saying is that, listen, when I bring, when I come, you know, Joshua met that captain of the Lord's army. And he said, are you with us? Or against us? What did that man say? None of the above. I'm where I am. If you want me to be on your side, join me. I'm not on anybody's side. I'm not for anybody. But anybody who comes to me is on my side. Are you getting my point? That's what Jesus is saying. Anytime I show up, I'm not at anybody's side. My name is truth. So if the father rejects the truth and the son accepts the truth, automatically I have brought a sword between them. But if they both accept the truth, I have brought brought reconciliation to them. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, let's end. What am I teaching? This is the assignment we have. Enough of pray. Look, sometimes you would think uh, dollar will stabilize. Dollar say I don't have any problem with anybody. I'm just obeying the Lord. <laughs> you can't pray me into stability. You cannot pray the economy into stability. What you should spend your energy praying concerning now is the church of Christ into stability. And then, so, you know, when I was a young boy, I used to hear a lot about crusades. You know, it was, in, it was very common. These days, half, just a half, 75% of the crusades are not common. Two, 75% of the ones you see, they discuss the amount of money ahead of time. One of my senior colleagues at work, somebody came to you and said, bring, um, if you can bring some money that we can organize a crusade, the returns will be good. I'm serious. They came to him and said, do you have some money? Just bring like 200,000. Organize a crusade. The returns will be good. Friend of mine organized a crusade in Onitsha. About a few weeks, short while before the crusade anyway, the minister called him. I said, I, I hope they told you my percentage. I'm telling you the truth. He told me himself. He said, I hope they told you my percentage. That I take 40%. The man said, percentage of what? He said, I take 40%. Not of the souls, though. Thank you. I like that. I wish it was the souls. I wish it was the souls. Most of the offerings. And that's why he will stand up there and be saying, God spoke to him that those who need a special breakthrough should come with one, one million. Because he's, he's going to collect 40%. He told my friend, he said, listen, I don't have time to negotiate with anybody. I back my, he said, my portion with a curse. If you take my money, I curse you. I'm telling you the truth. The man, his ears, they tingle. And as they hear this, he was wondering what was going So he said, okay, sir, I've heard. No problem, sir. He hung up the phone. A few days later, I called the man. He said, please, sir, for certain reasons, we'll have to shift the crusade because we're having some issues. He didn't give the man details. That I will let you know the new date later. He said he had printed hundreds, maybe thousands of posters. So he took all of them and taught them and threw them away. He lost his money that he had spent on preparation. Because he had printed the man's face everywhere. So the man called him and said, my percentage is 40% and I back it with a curse. And you don't think we should pray? And why did he invite that man? He taught him a prominent, anointed man of God. That's why we start staging miracles. 
Like you said the other day about that big, that big evangelist. He said, man died. They carried him to the man's, uh, the man came for a meeting. He said, let's carry the man. He said, the man didn't come to raise the dead. He came to raise money. So you're looking at this. Look, carry your dead person. Go back home. This man didn't come to raise the dead. He came to raise money. Boko Haram is not our problem. Nigeria's problem is called the Church of Christ. And again, like I said last time, I'm recruiting everybody who will join Jesus in rearranging his church. One, you that, look, go and listen to our series, The Prayer Warrior. First of all, you can't take this if you don't listen to The Prayer Warrior. We did the series before now. We just ended it before we started this one. Tell The Prayer Warrior, in which we explained that the person praying is important. You too must be a committed believer. You must be living a life of righteousness and a life of holiness. The word of God must matter to you. Then you take that word, wrap yourself around it, and from it derive prayer points. And I'm saying the prayer point number one. There are two sides. You know, they said, they said two of them are the same level. They said, ask Jesus, which one is weightier of the commandment? He gave two. He said, both of them are as great as each other. There are two. One, when you are praying for yourself, that's the most important one in your own life. You pray for knowledge. You pray for understanding of God, not for money. It's for God to lead you into the perfect knowledge of himself. That's one. The most important prayer one is not for yourself. It's for the church of Christ. That it will be exactly what God created it to be. I'll end it here. One, that it will be filled with truth. Second, we are developing is that they will be one. As he and the Father are one. Let's rise to our feet. Let us pray. I want us to close in a few minutes. Let's start by giving the Lord thanks. Let's just give thanks. If the truth of God has spoken to your heart this evening, give him thanks. If the truth of God has spoken to your heart this evening, give him thanks. Say to him, Lord, I thank you for teaching me your truth. Speak to him, say, Lord, I thank you for teaching me your truth. Say, Lord, I thank you for the revelation that you keep sharing with me and lightening my heart. I wanted to pray a prayer. I said, Lord, I've heard words. I've heard words. I've heard words. I've received the Spirit. Lord, pour the grace. Yes, that's it. The passion, the zeal, and the burning, the fire to pray for your church into my heart. That prayer is important. I know it's important. You've heard words, but God needs to kindle that fire in your heart that you will feel the way he feels about his body. Ask him, like it matters to you. Say, Lord, pour in my heart that fire so that I will feel exactly the way you feel concerning your body. Say, Lord, pour in my heart. Yes. Everybody open your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 4. I want us to read the first six verses, Ephesians chapter 4. We'll pick it up from here next time. Let's just pray with this. I wanted to start from verse 4, but let's, I want us to include that verse 3, so that's why we need to take it in context. So let's start from verse 1. Everybody, we are going to read from verse 1 to verse 6. Whichever um, uh, translation you have, don't be too loud so that your neighbors will be able to hear himself or herself. Or you understand? 
Okay, but let's just read it together out loud. One, two, let's go. Verses one to six. One, two, let's go. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's read from verse 4 again. There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Please, we need to read it one more time. There is one body, one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. One more time. Now, this time, what we're just going to do is that we're just going to go this way. From verse 4, we'll just put it like this. You see, now let's go together. Just say after me, say, there is one body, one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now we're going to do one more time, all right? Let's go together. There is one body, one spirit, one hope of our calling. That's what we're going to do. Let's start it again. There is one body, one spirit, one hope of our calling. Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. He is over all and through all and in all. Let's give the Lord thanks for these verses. And I want you to be take it. Don't drop it. Be reading it out as you are giving thanks. Say, Lord, this is your body. This is the body of Christ in Nigeria. This is a body of... We're starting from Nigeria. We, you know, we'll push the rest of Africa after, but let's, first of all, let's pray for the, this nation. God has divided the nation as a geographical d- division for the body of Christ also. Just geographical. Just ge- geographical. You will see, he always used to say things like the, the church in Corinth, the church in Ephesus. That's how it is. You understand? So this church in Nigeria, we are praying for it. We are praying for it. And we declare over the church in Nigeria, there is one body, one spirit. There is one hope of our calling. There is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism, there is one God, and Father of all. There is one Father who is over all, there is one Father who is through all, and there is one Father who is in all. This is our declaration upon the body of Christ in this nation, in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody say after me, say, this is our declaration over the body of Christ in Nigeria, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, while we're praying about Nigeria, you know, the truth is this, sir. I believe that the geographical division we find on the earth, you know, it was given because of the church. Please, learn this truth. Lord Lugar did not cut the north and journey to the south because he favored the British government. No, he didn't do it because he favored the British government. He did it because that is the Lord's design for the evangelism of that region. Are you getting my point? That's the Lord's design. Was God whispering to him, is irrelevant? God did not whisper to Cyrus that he will let the oppressed go free. 
He called him by name. I was, my wife and I were studying, um, 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 uh, which one were we studying again this morning, baby? I think uh, this life of Josiah. Just reading about the life of Josiah. I know when Josiah was executing the things that he did. And he said, they asked, he said, whose tomb is that? He says, the prophet that prophesied this thing you are doing. <laughs> the prophet that prophesied this thing you are doing. That's his grave. He did not know somebody prophesied what he was doing. And the fellow mentioned his name, Josiah. And he mentioned it long before he was born. Are you getting my point? That's just the way it works. They were removing, removing bones and burning them because he wanted to cleanse the earth, the, the nation of the iniquity that Manasseh and Co had pressed into the land. And it was so bad, however, with all the efforts, God said, too late. God said to, no, God said to him, too late. To one prophetess, said too late. Sometimes we need to pray for the body of Christ before he says too late. And when he says too late, he wipes them out entirely from that region. We'll now start saying that the uh, Islamic agenda, the Turkish talk, the talks wiped out the Armenians. Do you know how many warnings God sent to the Armenians? We don't know all of those ones. We're joining the world in talking politics. I believe Lord Lugard was doing the will of God. And they took the Northern Protectorate and the Southern Protectorate, made them into one nation. And they said his girlfriend, Flora Shaw, a witch and Obanji, whatever. You know, people have come up with all kinds of manifestations of revelation. Saying an occultic name be Nigeria. That's your problem. What I understand, God who rules in the affairs of mankind drew the boundary by himself. Lord Lugard did not know what he's doing. Is it God? People will be ascribing to human beings what is the attribute of God. You don't know what they call blasphemy. What is blaspheming every day? It's in the church, one, one big geo of one denomination. So that you call this a country, where did the people sit down to gather to write the constitution? Where did they sit down to gather to write the constitution? Is that, is, that, is that what they call a nation? You know, there are times here, thank God for self-control. You want to go and meet the man and say, come here. You know, they read the Bible. <laughs> you want to drag the man and say, what is wrong with you? When did your father and your mother ask your opinion when, before they gave birth to you? So you are not a fi- child in that family. Ah. Uh, no, I think you want to just ask them. Say you that talking now. When did you and your brothers and your sisters gather to say this shall be our family? You woke up one day, you were born in it. They just told you this is your father, this is your mother. You obey your parents in the Lord. Okay, now, that is, they tell you like no straight. So we will be saying something that don't make sense. But God is the one that placed you in that family. In the same manner, God placed you in this country. And he drew the boundaries by himself. And men who know God, who knew God more than you currently know him, have prophesied and said the design is even strategic. They deliberately shaped it like a gun. They said he shaped the whole of Africa like a gun. And they now put Nigeria as a trigger. So when we are praying, all right, because God gave us that geography, and you see Paul with it to the church in Rome. Do you understand? They will write to the church in Colossae, to the church in Ephesus. Why? God recognizes that people gather in a region and he binds the body together according to the region in which he has gathered them. And I'm saying to you, he bound the church in Nigeria together. And if we're in fragments, it's not his fault, it's our fault and our wrong teaching. And I said to you all last time, anytime you see the church misbehaving, it's wrong teaching. I just explained why we pray for the church in Nigeria. And you see, Listen to this. It's a prophetic word. 
As we pray for this church in Nigeria, anybody that breaks it to pieces is in trouble. Whatever God has joined together, you can be a Jew, general, a general overseer, an archbishop, a prelate, a primate. Don't disobey these words. Whatever God has joined together, let no primate put asunder. Let no general overseer put asunder. There are so many groups of creatures on this, in this country that call themselves churches. They are not churches. God knows. They know. And we, we may not know them, but God is not bothered. But of those that are really Christians, who are really churches, take the word of the Lord to them. God said, from now on, rightfully decide, descend the body. If you don't rightfully descend the body, you will become sick and you may die in the process. And it will be the judgment of God. That's what Paul said, First Corinthians chapter 11. So as we are declaring this was over the church of Nigeria, we are releasing the power of God to break down the walls of denominations. He said, all of us being the same denomination. No, 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 no. That's not what it means. I mean, all of us can't be in one, in one Sunday service. Otherwise, we need three kilometers by three kilometers in every state. We can't be. Having small, small services in different church buildings and houses is the will of God. Not a problem. But we must be united in spirit. We must be. So over the church of God in Nigeria, we are going to pray. Everybody now say after me. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Over the body of Christ in this nation. Over the body of Christ in this nation. We declare. We declare there, is there is one spirit. There is one body. There is one body. There is one hope of our calling. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God. And there is one Father. Who is over all. And through all of us, and in all of us, in the name of Jesus. Let's go right again. Say, in the name of Jesus, we declare that we walk in humility, we walk in gentleness, we walk in patience, we walk in tolerance towards one another, we walk towards one another in love. That's verse 2 I just read, all right? And now we declare. That we will maintain the bond of unity in the spirit. There is one body. There is one spirit. There is one hope of our calling. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God. And there is one Father over all. Let's go by it again. Say, there is one body. Say, hear the word of the Lord. The church of God in Nigeria. The church of God in this nation. This is the word of God to you. There is one body. There is one spirit. There is one hope of our calling. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God. And he is the father of all. And he is the father of all. And is in us all. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give the Lord thanks as we close. Say, Father, we thank you. Lord, just thank him. Let us thank him. Say, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. 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 Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Father, we thank you. You are good. You are the Lord 
over all. All of us present here. Let's just join hands. Just join hands with one another. <laughs> the Lord is good. It's a sign of unity. Okay, good. So this is how we share the grace. When we share the grace, we are declaring the word of God. Everybody in life must belong to a cult, otherwise you will die. People will just kill you. All these witches roaming the neighborhood. They just kill you for nothing. So what you do? Join your own cult. And the highest cult in life is which one? The cult of Jesus Christ. And in that cult, we also eat flesh and we drink blood. It's the blood of the new covenant which we share in the time of communion. Don't ever underrate it. It's the highest cult you can be on this earth. It's the highest. It's more powerful than Obun. Let all the Obuni men congeal into one. All the Nkakamai men congeal into another one. All the Rosicrucians come, surround me. They, when they see me, they will bow. Do you know why? I am in the thickest, the the, the deepest of the cult. That's what you are if you are a Christian. You are in Christ Jesus. Are you getting my point? Your life is hid with Christ in God. That's the reality about it. And every cult has its incantations. We also have our own. All right, our Bible is a book of the incantation of the Lord. So when you read a place like Psalm 2, why do the hidden rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. You think it's not a joke? No, be poem, not power. <laughs> <laughs> not poetry, it's power. And then, like it said in the book of Hebrews, it said, because he has said, we can boldly say. So sometimes, based on what we have read from the word, we also create words. Are you getting my point? And then we declare them, they are just as potent because they come from the power that is in the word of God. You know, we are not joining Ogboni. It's not because we are righteous. It's because we are already in something stronger. Mm-hmm. Do you follow my point? It's an insult to our faith to be going to small, small cults. What do witches know? I feel like giving witches instruction. <laughs> Why we don't kill people is that it's not good. We don't want them to be saved. If you kill somebody, condemn for eternity, is it good? It's not good. So we pray for you, we forgive you. We are not afraid of you. So I say, oh, my enemies die by fire. It's fear. It is fear. I have never asked my enemies to die by fire. All I say, oh, my enemies be saved. Otherwise, the Lord will handle you later. That's all. That is a matter of fact. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. If you tell me, like, say, ah, you will see. Oh, will I say that I've not seen before? You will see. Amen. Because I need my eyes to see. And you prophesy for me. You will see in Jesus' name. I will add it with you. Have you heard this story before <laughs> of, a, of a, a, a man that came to court, a blind man? He stumbled into somebody. First, if you, if you hit me like that again, you will see. Ah, the guy will carry stick, beat the guy. <laughs> he carried the guy to court. He said, Why are you assaulting this man? My Lord, he said, If I hit him again, I will see. Right now, I have not seen. So we have a deal. <laughs> the Lord is good. So we're not afraid because the power of Christ is working in us. And that's how we share grace the way we do. It's our way of declaring the power of Christ. It's our own incantation. Take God's word and make it your incantation. All right? That's what we do here. Thank you for coming today. Let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. Bless somebody around you. Three people. You can break the hand now. Dominion and shining forth in the name. Bless another person. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. One more person, please. This is your season. 
don't forget one for yourself. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. All right, cheer up, brethren. God bless you. Remember, we'll come.